what about your water intake? Oh, I drink like a gallon a day. Okay. How much yeah. how many fluid ounces are in a gallon? Twenty. Uh, oh, there you go. Twenty. One hundred. Yeah. Oh, 120. Nice. Okay. I drink 100 fluid ounces a day. So you beat me. That's amazing. Yeah. Water's like lube for the butthole. <laughs> Apparently not enough. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. That's just why you're calling in your girl fiber. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like we were, so it was funny though, because we were looking up like, okay, what are the foods that have the most, they're high in fiber. And like, the foods that have the most fiber still only have like four grams at most. Mm-hmm. It's like, hard. My coach and you're right supposed now- to you're supposed to get like thirty or to thirty five grams of fiber a day. Are you shitting me? Yeah, my coach right now has me aiming for thirty, but she said like anywhere's between twenty five and thirty five is good. Like not to go over thirty five, but even hitting twenty five is like effort. Oh my God. I was thinking back to, uh, when I was, uh, when I had a coach because she, it was like one of those things where she was like, you should aim to get like how I think it hers was 30. It may have actually been 25, something like that. But, um, yeah, she was like, so aim for this, blah, blah, blah. But I never, I, I think on my best days I was getting like 20 grams. Yeah. And then then like the hard thing is you all the foods that are high in fiber like raspberries are really high in fiber but then you eat a shit ton of raspberries and you go over your sugar like oh it's yeah still hard i to don't balance. i f- i don't fuck with that like i'm just like you know at least i'm eating <laughs> fruit and not um ms yeah <laughs> yeah cuz that shit i eat like a pint of blueberries a day <laughs> Are they high high in fiber? Blueberries are. Yeah, all berries are high in fiber. So is popcorn. uh, Dates are are high in fiber. I don't doubt the dates. Yeah. uh, Banana. Like a lot of fruit is. Bananas, apples. Yeah. I eat bananas and apples like naturally every day. So this is great to hear. Uh huh. Yeah. And I think I was looking at uh, pumpkin. Like, if you ever do anything with like pumpkin puree or anything like that, that's pretty high in fiber. So, yeah. Yum. You're welcome. Here's your daily education, guys. <laughs> Coach Eric other, is coming at you. The other thing that was always really hard for me was uh, counting steps. Like, every coach I've ever worked with is like, you should aim to have get 10,000 steps a day. And uh, that was a fucking struggle for me anyway like even when I was you know working out and my my one coach had me doing like walking on a treadmill for like two hours a day I was like barely making like 10,000 steps a day and uh Rob and I went for a walk like for over an hour yesterday just like around our neighborhood and stuff um and I I looked it up and I still only walked like 7,000 steps yesterday it's like geez my god how do people do this Steps is really hard for me. Steps in water are the hardest things for me to hit every day. And it's like, should be logically be like the easiest things because they're not really. Yeah. I just pace my house at night. Like I'll do something and I just pace, do laps in my house until I get my 10,000 because I've been trying to be like consistent with it. But there's days where I leave work and I like felt like I was so busy all day and I leave work and it's like 430 in the afternoon and I have like 2,500 steps. (laughs) I have a theory. I like 
Erica, whenever you go walking, or Mariah, do you walk with your arms or are your arms more still? So I have walking? a I have a theory about that too, <laughs> that I think that my especially like growing up a dancer, I don't really have like a ton of upper body movement with my walk. Cause like there were times where so like when Fitbit first came out, like my aunt bought us all Fitbits and we went to like Disney together. So we were having this Fitbit challenge, but like we were together all day. So we were all walking like the same distance and they had like 25,000 steps and I would have like 18,000. Like there's no way that they walk 7,000 steps more than I did. I just think that I'm like, I'm so graceful. <laughs> you need to just throw your arms around a little bit more. I know. I just need to be a wild woman. <laughs> yeah. Let the shit run free. Do you guys use like an Apple Watch or a Fitbit or something to track your steps? I have an Apple Watch. I have shunned the the Apple Watch and the Fitbit technology because it's just another distraction. Oh yeah. Like, it's, yeah. It's like I mean I'm I'm trying to actively get my phone usage down below like four hours a day. And that's already a challenge. It is hard. It is. It's like, it's just mm, big old distraction. So uh, manage their distractions as long as they're serving you. But I was like, what you're serving me is not worthy of the distraction that you are. So that hose in a box somewhere. I like that theory. But I really do. Like, I would have friends who, like, they'd be like, oh, I'm going to beat you. And they would just sit there and just move their arm around. <laughs> like, like they're just jacking off air. You know? <laughs> just gonna say, they, like, put it on their dominant wrist and just jerk off all day. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's I cheating. Mean, You're getting your heart rate up, too. <laughs> yeah, see I, that? It's cardio. Cardio. <laughs> just as long as you're breathing with intention and focus, you'll be <laughs> conditioning your nervous system greatly. Oh, man. I love. Well, um, so for everyone listening, you are hearing a new voice today. So this is our friend Cody. Um, he lives here in Dallas uh, with me, and I met him, God, years ago. We used to work together, um, which like is almost a decade ago. Can you believe that? No. <laughs> Has it been almost a decade? Yeah, 2013. 2013. Feels like uh, more than a decade. I know. That was like literally two lives ago. Maybe three or four at this I know. point. Post-COVID <laughs> or, or, you know, during COVID, it's still going. And part of that, uh, and part of like why I say it like feels like so many lives ago is like we are both doing like <laughs> quite different things than we than we did back then. I mean, I think we both still are in marketing for our full-time jobs, but we both like have, you know, little, little side things. Um, you had quite a journey to getting to where you are now. So, um, I guess let's start off. Can you give us a little background on like freedom fitness and just like how that seed of an idea, like kind of came to be, I know it's a long, it's, you know, a long journey for you, but just to get everyone caught up. Yes. So I'll give like a spark notes, history timeline, and then where you want to dig in deeper, we can go. So I, you know, 
worked in corporate America for my whole existence, working career, et cetera. And then I stumbled upon cycle classes and writing to the beat of music. And it just lit a fire inside of me, like music, the emotions that it can bring up, the empowerment that you can receive from it, or the softness that you can receive from it is just so fascinating to me. Um, and so then whenever you pair music intentionally with movement, um, and even more so, you know, the, the programming of a fitness class, you can really take people out of their minds um, and into their bodies, and they will do things that they had never done before. And so I knew that that's something that I wanted to be a part of, so I pursued that heavily and finally was able to land um, being an instructor at a cycle studio. And Hang on, I, I want to, because I want to um, pause yeah. there for a second, because part of like what I think is so cool about your journey, even to this point, is that like you were like, oh, this is something that I'm really interested in. But obviously, there needs to be some level of experience or whatever before you can like start teaching other people. And so you would, you, at the time you were working at Pizza Hut and yes. they had like a gym on campus. And so you would. Yeah. So I would, yes, I'm so glad you brought that up. So whenever I stumbled upon cycling, it was like in, I don't know, like October, November of the year prior. And then I just, I fell so madly in love with it, but I had no experience <laughs> and like, like I'm talking no experience to the point that like, I couldn't even do everything that these instructors were asking me to do in class, but I still had this burning passion inside of me that I don't care what I look like. I want to be up there. I want to help other people like you're helping these people and you're helping me. Uh -huh. um, so that was really fascinating. And so, yeah, what I started doing is, uh, whenever I worked at Pizza Hut Corporate, we had a gym on campus. It was like a college campus. And since I didn't go to college, I really feel like I got the experience and it was great. Um, and so on campus within the gym, they had a cycle studio and they had the bikes where you like slide your shoes into and you like tighten the strap over your tennis shoes, like mm -hmm. no clip-ins, um, which those of you that cycle, you know the difference and <laughs> the impact that that makes on everything. Um, and so I would make playlists and I would try and like create an experience. And then I would like pretty much like corral my coworkers, like lost sheep <laughs> on the lawn and be like, come, come ride with me. Come, come. And uh, <laughs> they would have to, you know, wake up early as hell at like 6 30 in the morning like they would have to come in to work early because we would have to ride before we'd have to start working because nobody wanted to stay late either yeah. um and so it was kind of like an early thing and we would do it and it was I'm not gonna lie it was you know the first step um <laughs> and so the first step is always really messy and really rocky but my coworkers were great and gave me feedback and were like, you know, I feel like maybe I don't know how to ride the bike. And so I was like, wow, I need to help people with form. 
Um, you know, and Cody, I can't go that fast, you know, at this point. Okay, I need to give modifications. Um, and so it's just like those little experiences that you get, um, you know, all of it contributes to you and the space that you hold in the long term. But yeah, the hustle was real. I didn't have any experience. And so I just kind of created my own opportunity to gain that experience. Um, and I auditioned for a rec center and they told me no. And then, I, and just so you know, like in the fitness world, like a rec center mm-hmm. is, is supposed to be like the, the easiest way to get your foot in the door. And mm-hmm. it was like, you know, the easiest low hanging fruit had, had told me no. And then, <laughs> um, no, you can't have this food that's right in front of you on the table. Uh, you know, try and go eat with someone else. And so then I tried out for another studio and they told me that um, I needed to work on my voice. And I was like, well, you know, my voice, like, is it the tone? Is it the, but really they yeah, just Yeah, like, what does that voice. mean? Exactly. I mean, I think now having the experience that I have, um, voice is crucial you need to have inflection in your voice and know when to um, pull more from your gut or when to be softer, like depending on what energy and the point in the practice and, and the experience that you're trying to create in that moment, I think a voice can definitely impact it. But, um, you know, I don't think that they even knew exactly how to communicate that. So everything works out for a reason. So then I took, you know, the no and the second no, and then I went and auditioned at the next cycle studio and they told me no. And so this was three strikes. I was like crying in my car because I just didn't understand like this feeling that I have and I had inside of me and how passionate it was like the fire for it. Um, And it wasn't happening. And so I just, I remained resilient and I didn't give up and I just continued to practice. And then she was like a week or two later, the last studio that I had auditioned at that told me, no, they sent me an email and said, Hey, we had someone who, uh, we picked for the instructor training that um, their vacation schedule for the summer conflicts with the training schedule. And so we have a spot open. I was like, bless this person's Mm. privilege. Um, (laughs) So I was like, you you want your vacation. I want this opportunity. We both win. Um, But he was like, you know, let's let's set up some one-on-one time and then we'll go from there. And during this hour-long one-on-one with the trainer, I poured my entire existence and being and what I had to give in that moment on that bike. He said, do this. I did it the best that I could. He said, try this. I did the best that I could. He said, play this song and ride like this, and I do the best that I could. And it really was just like a lack of experience and awareness of my body on the bike that was holding me back. It wasn't the ability to learn. I just hadn't been coached or given the guidance and the information Mm -hmm. that I needed to do it well. Um, And so within an hour I was able to transform. And so that's something that he was like, 
if you can take this coachability into the training, you'll do well and we would love to have you. And so, you know, perseverance, Mm -hmm. dedication. And so that's how I kind of weaseled my way in. And, um, and man, I bet they long-term were really glad to have made that decision because, you know, Cody has, I call it a little bit of a cult. He has a cult following (laughs) (laughs) Um, every morning. So I would go to his like Saturday morning classes. Those were the best. Oh, they were so good. And, and like the only thing the, to this day, the only workout that I will do before like 10 (laughs) AM. But yeah, you like get there and like, he had there's like the regular group of girls and they're all like standing and like huddled and like hanging. They all know each other because they all go like all the time. And then uh, they all have like they all have the same bikes usually that they that they reserve. And uh, and and then afterwards, they all like hang around and wait for Cody and then they go over to Juice Land. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, hey, Cody, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to exist here. <laughs> You fit right in every uh, time. <laughs> I wish that I could take a class so bad. Cody, oh my god, to Alaska! <laughs> I would. I would, like whatever. Um, because like we have, you know, our you know our friends that live like further up north, and so we would uh try to coordinate like a day that like all of our friends could take it together, and or like when anyone was in town, to be like, you have to take Cody's class, and it's like it's just I don't even know. I think it's. I mean, with anything, like Cody's energy is just so special that uh, it's more than just it's more than just checking the box. Like you're not just like going to a class and, you know, it's like good music and like, yeah, you're getting your workout in. It's just like the energy is so good that it's like it's impossible to like not feel good, even though even though I'm not a morning workout person like at all. But it's like that is like such a good way to like kickstart my weekend and like feel really good afterwards. And it's just and like at no point during the workout am I ever like, oh my God, only 20 more minutes or only 10 more minutes or it's like so fun and doable, but like still pushing you the whole way. It's like the most bizarre, like unexplainable experience, I think. I think that that speaks a lot for like Cody's energy. And I feel like I've been silent like this whole episode so far because I just enjoy listening to Cody talk so much. <laughs> like the it's way so that calming. it is, Cody, the way that you speak and like the way that you present yourself is, I don't know that I've ever met anybody like you that has like, well, one, you have like super fangirls, like we're huge fangirls of Cody. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and I've only met you like twice. So the fact <laughs> the fact that I like obsess over you thousands of miles away is <laughs> speaks for itself. Yeah, um, it says something. Yeah, but like you really do just have this like passion and it's like intense and fierce, but then also so calming and like soothing and comforting to the people around you. So I think like something like spin and cycle is like so it's like you're made for that because you have this like intense um, like power and energy, but then you're also like so inviting to people who might not 
have that or like they just don't know how to find that within themselves. But you really do like a good job of bringing that out. And I think that like your ability to kind of like keep following that passion, even though you were told no and you were told like, hey, come back or whatever, like a lot of people would have given up. And that's huge that you continued to feel that like burning fire inside of you and continued to push for it. Yeah. Can we double tap on that? Um, <laughs> I know there's more to this, this story. Can I just uh, say thank you first? Like all of this love and light. And kindness. <laughs> like I, I have my hand over my heart. I'm just so grateful. Oh, just, like soaking in the moment. Yes. But we're like, tap. we are so obsessed with you. Like you, I tell people about you and like, you're just like the best human. You're just such a good human. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely earned. We wouldn't we don't just kiss people's asses. We don't give <laughs> out compliments for free. <laughs> I receive it all. Uh, um, but I do want to talk because I think that what you were saying about uh, or in in what Mariah was just touching on, it, like the whole like rejection and and especially when you were talking about like, Oh, I just have this huge, I have this passion for this thing, but I don't have experience. And I think even that part alone, like even before the rejection part, that part alone can be so intimidating. And, uh, and I think I relate to that. And like, you know, I've always really loved like photography and like Mariah and I have both been like super obsessed with like taking photos, like our whole lives of just anything and everything. But it's like, oh, but this is just for fun. Like, this isn't a real thing. Like, I don't have any real experience or like real training. So like, I'm not going to do anything with this. But you, and so like, I guess how, and this may just be just who you are, which I suspect that it is. But like, what are things that you told yourself or like things that you look to to like push you forward to even break through that part and then when you are you're like okay I found this I've I've tested this out I really am into this I want to take the next step to get that um that next level of experience and everyone is just telling you no even though you need them to get the experience to then get the role that they want you to have. And, and that is just so discouraging all around. So like, kind of like, what is, what is your mindset that like kind of kept you going or like advice or I don't know, talk, talk mm -hmm. to me about that. I love this question and I'm going to get the best answer possible in this <laughs> present moment. Um, so one, I think it's something that, Overall, I um, resilience is a practice, um, mm -hmm. and and I feel like I've had an opportunity my whole life to practice resiliency. I didn't go to college; I got turned down for so many jobs that I would apply for that I didn't quite meet the qualifications. I mean, if I was like a sixty percent of the job description and forty percent of the experience I didn't have, I would apply. Um, mm -hmm. because I think that, um, experience is about learning. And if I know everything, then what's the point of me having that job? Mm -hmm. So that was kind of like my mindset, but I would be told no all the time. And I knew that I just needed the right opportunity, the right door. And so there is an, uh, um, 
I would invite anyone and everyone who is uh, anywhere in this journey of practicing resiliency to take a moment to sit with yourself and close your eyes and go inside because inside that's where you are and that's the thing that you want to guide you like your heart that little spirit that little voice that um, beautiful soul that says I want this, or this is where I'm supposed to be, or it's it's different than the thoughts that you have in your head when your eyes are open and all of the feedback that you're getting is from the external. Um, and so I think the external can be great because it can drive us, you know, I externally saw cycle and I experienced it and all of these things, but whenever I closed my eyes, and I could hear like the voice inside of me, self, if you will, or you could say, you know, depending on your spiritual beliefs, you could take it anywhere. Um, but it's that little voice inside of you that says that I want this, or I meant for this, or this calls to me. It, you know, it becomes that passion and you hear it through that voice on the inside. And whenever you hear that voice, that is what I listen to. I don't listen to the external. I don't listen to the nose. Um, just another great example that I, hopefully this will just like lift someone's spirits, whoever's on this journey. But I had interviewed recently internally for a position and I was told no after like the first round of interviews. And I was like, okay, great. You know, what's my feedback? Where can I grow, et cetera. And the they had told me, you know, well, did you notice that this position required 10 plus years of experience? I was like, yeah, absolutely. And they're like, well, you don't have 10 plus years of experience. I said, no, I don't. I was like, and I also don't have a college degree. I was like, and whenever mm -hmm. I applied for my position with your company to get my foot in the door, it said that it required a degree. And so if I had listened to the job description, I wouldn't be working for your company today. Mm. This like this speaks for exactly what I was just talking about, like Cody being like feisty and fiery, but also like so right and like soothing and calming. Like he's like, I don't listen to the nose. Like that is so in a way like rebellious, but beautiful. It's, it's like such the, a classy fuck you. <laughs> oh my God. It's like such the perfect, such a perfect combination between being like, a like a little rebel but like just being a beautiful soul too like I yes. love I Cody like I the way that you speak and the way that you talk I'm just like fuck yes like part of me is like yeah Cody fuck yeah Cody and then the other part of me is like he's so beautiful <laughs> like that's like what I think every, like every time something comes out of your mouth I'm like sitting here like closing my eyes and like listening to my internal self like you tell me like anybody else that like I try to like meditate with they're like find your energy listen to your breath and I'm like Bitch, no. <laughs> That's <just> stupid. <laughs> Cody, I like wander off into La La Land. <laughs> yes, yeah. we can go there together. I, I, would, <laughs> I would say, um, uh, again, like resiliency is a practice, a practice and then um, softness. Um, I, I have not always been the 
cool cucumber in the basket <laughs> in the grocery store. I was the Serrano bell pepper, dear ones. Um, <laughs> and what I realized is that the Serrano pepper is not going to get me everywhere that I want to go. And so Damn it. What, I know, I know. But I mean, it can get you places. It's just, I don't, I don't want to go to just some places. I want to go everywhere. And so, you know, it, it is, has become a practice, but what I would, the reason I brought up softness is because for the longest time I was never soft with myself. So then one, I couldn't be soft with others. And then two, I never saw softness as a strength. Mm. And now I'm at this point in life where softness is my ultimate strength. Because what are people going to say whenever I'm being kind and soft with them, even if we're in disagreements? You you can't, you know, Mariah, you talk about mm-hmm. like it's a spicy or a kind way of saying fuck you, but I'm not saying fuck you. I'm being I'm being really kind and soft right now but I'm being strong with my softness and my kindness because I still know my truth at the end of the day. And my truth is not determined by anyone or anything in this life outside of my beating heart inside of me. And that is so important and so hard to obtain. Knowing yourself and not letting external opinions, factors, environments, like rock that sure like assuredness in yourself i could not agree more and i think that um uh, i can maybe share on here a little tease um i am working on a program to help people learn to practice and give them tools and resources that help them practice their quality of being. So we're all being some type of way. A lot of people are being really heavy and present in their minds. A lot of people are really heavy and present in their bodies. Um, But then there's also a heart. And then there's also this sound, this voice that you have. Um, And so whenever you can obtain awareness, which awareness is a practice. So like throughout this conversation, we've all had thoughts and those thoughts are, they're just thoughts. They're not our reality. They're not our truth. We can take what we need from our thoughts and we can leave everything else. Um, But that awareness is something that has to be practiced. And once you have awareness, you can change and transform and refine and awaken your quality of being with intention. Um, and so I agree, Erica, that like it's it's really hard to not only obtain, but then nurture it. And what in the world has given us the tools and the resources that we need to obtain it and then not only obtain it, but nurture it? Mm-hmm. It's, oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's hard because whenever you close your eyes and 
you hear everything that's going on inside, um, you think that that is the truth. And it doesn't mean that it's not what is happening in the present moment, but it's not the truth in the sense that you can change it. You can, you can learn to be with yourself inside and nurture that relationship and the awareness that there is this person inside that isn't just this physical body or the materials that you wear and that you surround yourself with in your home or even the people that you surround yourself with. Like every time we all go to bed, we close our eyes and that's who we're going to bed with is that person inside. Um, and whenever you don't practice sitting with that person, you, yourself, um, it is scary. And you close your eyes. And especially if you haven't practiced it, you're like very overwhelmed. Um, and just, it's it's not... It certainly does not create an environment that is enticing in the beginning. Um, there kind of is a, a um, the word that I would say best for it is that the, the first season is always the hardest. Um, so like, say you wanted to become like a farmer, like your first season is going to be the hardest because you've never done it before because this is this is new land, this is new crops. Uh, you don't know how the soil is going to respond to the seeds. Uh, you may not water it correctly. You know, all of these things are going to happen the first season that you are planting, nurturing, and harvesting. Mm-hmm. So it's the same thing with this relationship that you're creating with self. That first season, oh, it's so hard. It is. But after that, you've got a season under your belt. So it's just like, you know, your first year at your job. Like I feel like the first year at any job, any new job, you're always just trying to learn the company. What does Mm -hmm. the company do? How does it work? What are its goals and its mission? And what is its culture? And how can I be a part of this in a way that can add value to the company, but also accelerate my career? So it's it's funny how we can apply that to farming or to our careers, but we can't apply that same diligent practice whenever we close our eyes. That's so true. Because you don't think about, I don't think there's anything that makes you actively think about like your relationship with yourself unless you are just in some kind of I don't know, for whatever reason, that's something that has been brought to you as something intentional for you to work on. Um, Because to your earlier point, like what, what else caught like forces us to do that? Nothing like our lives are full of distractions and external uh, things to build and to interact with and to prove and show. Or if you're like anything like me and stubborn and someone tells me to do that, I'm going to be like, "Mm, nope, I'm not going to do it because you told me to. And then, you know, and then you try to and then it's like, ooh, I didn't really like that that I heard. So like I'm just going to ignore it. Like not all the time, but just, you know, I think that it's – 
it's, it is a hard practice and it's, it is something that we don't actively, like the general population doesn't actively think about. Um, and I think it's human nature to like stop doing things that you're not naturally good at or that, (laughs) um, you know, Eric and I've been talking about this a lot lately, just like getting frustrated with things and then stopping, um, because it's like not, it's, it's not naturally easy. And digging deep within yourself is one of those things that's just not naturally easy. Your first season. (laughs) Currently what I'm uh, working on with my therapist. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so then, so there, there we go, Erica, this is great because Mariah, while you were talking, what was on my heart was, okay, well, what community are you surrounding yourself with to support that journey? Mm-hmm. So Erica's got her therapist, and that's to help her support, get support on this journey that she's on. And so I think that that's something why I also fell in love with like the 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 community around movement. You can call it fitness. You can call it X Y Z one two three working out whatever. Um, but there is a community around it, and. Um, I think it's so important with anything that we explore that's especially new that we surround ourselves with like-minded community or supportive community um, and that we talk about that to the people around us. Because if it's important to you, whether it's meditation or photography or, you know, really great fiber supplements, Um, (laughs) you know, all of these things. um, If we don't talk about them, then we're not able to share those experiences. And I think that one of the reasons that we also love the things that we love or are seeking, um, you know, to learn something new, et cetera, is because also we want to share it. We want yeah. to share it with others. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. I want to use this as an opportunity because yeah. I think the most exciting thing that you've done. So I, I, I loved your story and how you got into like, you know, the first, the first phase of that, of you getting into the position of being able to teach um, at a spin studio. But what you're doing now is so, so cool. So I, I do want to make sure that you can, you can share that part as well, especially since make connect the dots for people listening when you were talking about you're developing this new um cl- not a class a sesh what do you what did you call it like I'm, a program I'm, I'm yeah it'd yeah. be like a program um a deeper curriculum um mm-hmm. that people can do um outside of the practice that we currently have at freedom yeah, so you've really been I mean like you were talking about like build or you know finding your community or building your community. You've really been able to truly like build your own community really based on and expanding into all the the little legs um off of you know where you started in like fitness um mm-hmm. and being able to incorporate all of the the little nuances that make it really special and unique to you, which ha- is now Freedom Fitness. Yes. So where we're at now with freedom is such a special place. And if you had asked me even, you know, 
six months ago before freedom existed, would I have had any of the answers of what is going on today? No. Um, but it's the journey of being in the present moment and just learning from each moment. And so, um, throughout this pandemic, I actually was able to do meditation teacher training and that transformed me as a human being in the relationship that I have with myself, my awareness, um, how I carve out time for myself in my day. So I, I currently don't, um, guide any morning practices because I start my day with me. And I think that that's something that's so crucial, um, for me and the success of the relationship that I have with myself, because if I start my day with me, then whenever I go to do the next thing for work, um, or for freedom or checking on a friend or et cetera, um, I'm not seeking those things to fill my cup. My cup is already full. My mm-hmm. cup has overflow and now I'm giving to the day from that overflow. So just a, just a little nugget there uh, for anybody who that resonates with. But yes, so freedom, um, I've kind of taken all of my experience and started to marinate it into what it is today and then taking inspiration from other you know, amazing leaders in the meditation industry and in the fitness industry and just really baking that all together to make freedom what it is today. And what freedom is, is it is a practice. I don't like to call it a class because for me, there's kind of like this uh, stigma around class being a pass or fail. You're you're good or you're not. Mm -hmm. Um, You can do this or you can't. This isn't a a class. This is a practice. Um, And it's a practice of you being with yourself, your movement, your mind, your body, your heart, your sound. Like whenever you breathe, ah, like so many people won't even sigh out loud (laughs) because they like hearing yourself is like, Oh, I don't, I don't like the way that that sounds. No, like let your sound out. That's something that's just wild. Um, and such a beautiful journey to see people go on whenever they start letting their sound out. But so the three (laughs) practices that freedom offers and yeah, you could go lots of places with that, but we're sticking with movement. (laughs) I'm just laughing because I remember like my first professional yoga class that I ever went to, like at a real yoga studio, not like at, you know, uh, school or something. I don't know. Uh Um, I, they they were doing that. And I just remembered, like, I was like trying to be in the moment. I had my eyes closed. And like the first time everyone just breathed out, like took a like loud breath, my eyes just shot open. I was like, what is happening? Why are they so loud? Why is everyone moaning right now? (laughs) It's definitely a difference between a moan and a sigh. Um, So okay, it was loud. No, it was loud. And then I remember like, okay, the second time I was like, all right, like I'll participate a little bit. And I let out like a, uh, like a a little noise. And I was just like, all right, nope, I'm good with that. (laughs) Okay. But see that little noise. Do you hear what that little noise told you? That little noise told you that you were insecure 
that, oh, yeah. that you weren't confident that the space that you were holding in that room was enough compared to everybody else's. And that's not true. Yeah, no, I was just totally out of my element. <laughs> I'll I'll let it all out now. I don't care now. Yeah, but... <laughs> there we go. Um, Sorry to interrupt you. No, I, I love a conversation <laughs> and this is a conversation. So I'm glad that you shared that. It brought us all joy. Um, so yes, uh, and with that, like yoga is a practice. And so, um, the three practices that freedom offers is mind, which is meditation, a body, which is, um, a lot more, if, if you were to classify it, strength and conditioning, and then spirit, which is cycle. And all of this is done virtually on zoom. And, um, I had never done virtual or online before all of this. Now everyone and their mother and their grandmother and their grandfather and their grandchildren <laughs> are doing online. And so, um, Erica touching on like community, um, I saw a big shift in my community whenever I transitioned to do online only and left the studios I was working at. So one, you know, not everybody who does in-studio workouts want to do online workouts. Mm -hmm. So there's a shift there. Um, and so that created change in my community. And then also whenever I started incorporating meditation techniques into body practice and into spirit practice, that created another shift um, in my community. But what I would say is that I'm so grateful that I received all of those shifts in my community because the people that practice with me today are the most inspiring people that I have ever met, some of the most resilient people that I have ever met. And these people, they want to grow the relationship that they have with themselves through movement, through meditation. Um, and, and the reason that I called uh, cycle spirit is because that's kind of where it all started was that fiery spirit that I had mm. burning inside of me for cycle. So yeah, that's, that's freedom and the community and a little bit more on like where we're at right now. That's so interesting that you saw those shifts um, once you went online, though, uh, just because I feel like a lot of those things, it seemed to me anyway, that you were already starting to incorporate, maybe not in a more overt sense, but all of those all of those areas, I, I think, could be felt in your old, you know, classes that you were doing in person. Um and also just like provides more accessibility. Like maybe not everyone has a, a spin bike at home to be able to participate in just an online spin course, but you know, giving them more ways to, to be involved. So that's really interesting. But yet again, another example of like, yeah, well, this is just look at this journey and this is how it was meant to, meant to be. And, and it's anything in life. Um, what it really boils down to is, are you going to resist the journey or are you going to experience the journey? Um, and that's with anything I feel. 
that you're pursuing in life, whether it's your own business, whether it's a relationship, whether it's, uh, you know, a friendship or a mentorship, um, any of those things, you know, like we ask to, for someone to mentor us. And then um, sometimes we can resist the mentorship that we're given instead of experiencing it and receiving it and applying it. Um, And so I think in regards to like the community and those shifts, I could have resisted those shifts and been like, okay, I'm going to revert back to my old programming in the way that I used to teach Mm -hmm. um, instead of the way that I'm guiding now. But I embraced the experience that I was creating and I didn't resist it. And I just continued to listen to that little voice inside. And I'm so grateful that I did or else I wouldn't have the community that I have today. Um, And, you know, the most special thing that um, we haven't got to touch on yet is that freedom's main purpose is uh, free people, free people. And so 30% of our net profits are donated to impactful causes around the world. And we choose a different cause every month. And then we learn about that organization through just some details of sharing in an email to members. And it's so amazing to be a part of something that's also not only like changing your life and making the relationship that you have with yourself better, but it's also helping others. And so as we gain our freedom, we also want to free other people and giving back is one way that you can do that. Holding space for someone and giving them love whenever they're sad is another way that you can do that. And so that little phrase means so much. And, um, you know, not only are we practicing movement and meditation, but we're also practicing giving back. And that is why your your uh, handle Cody Cares in your email, or I, I don't think it's your email anymore, but your your Instagram. handle is yeah is so um, so fitting for you. <laughs> I for the longest time, like people would be Cody Cares, I'd be like a lot. Um, <laughs> Cody, you're saved in my phone as Cody Cares. <laughs> I you know I I figured that if like one day I find when when you got to speak things into existence. When I find my future husband, if um, I don't like his last name, then we're just going to change both of our last names to cares. <laughs> oh, I love. Right. It would be cute. The cares. All right. So baby cares. Future husband. It would also be nice if you could have like a C name would be helpful. Uh, yeah. Caleb. Oh, yes. Or... I love alliteration. Yeah. Um, but you know, sometimes narcissism isn't always the possibility <laughs> on this journey. I mean, the pool's uh. already small, dear ones. So, <laughs> like, I really can't start cutting people out because of the first letter <laughs> in their name. <laughs> like, yeah. Cody, I want to talk just a little bit about um, like a side hustle in general. So, I think like mm-hmm. a lot of people are maybe branching out into like a side hustle, especially during Mm -hmm. quarantine. And um, Erica and I are both doing a little bit of something, something, but um, Erica and I have always also kind of had like a little bit of an entrepreneur personality, like just, okay, like what else could I do? Like, uh, how else can I make money? What else can I do? 
Um, have you always had that too? I've always had multiple jobs. Yes. Like mm-hmm. there is just that innate um, desire to create more or experience more. Um, so yes, like, I mean, there was one point where I worked two jobs seven days a week. Um, yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> I want to, I want to call out that. So Cody, what has always maintained like a full-time job while he was teaching at the spin studio and then also was training like uh, teaching classes at another studio in Dallas. Mm-hmm. So he had two side jobs plus his full-time job and then quarantine happened and then he created freedom. So you, I, I personally call Cody my little energizer bunny because I don't know how I just can't even fathom how someone has so much energy to like physically, like physically exerting that much energy in a day with like all the classes that you're teaching plus managing your full-time career and, and in your full-time job, you're like, you're juggling time zones, even Mm -hmm. like, like crazy time zones where you're like taking conference calls at like 6am and shit. And also with a smile on his face, like there's, there's one thing to speak of, like Erica and I have talked in the past about like (laughs) us having multiple jobs at once. Like there was one point like Erica was working like seven days a week. I was working like three different jobs, but like definitely not smiling and being kind (laughs) during it. No. Yeah. That's the crazy thing is. And so is it like, is it cocaine? Like what is it? it? I would say um, there's a couple of things and cocaine's not one of them. Um, Sorry for those that are falling on that as a resource and it's not working out. Um, but, you know, props to those who are and happy it's working out. Um, Y'all need Cody. <laughs> so I would say, like, one, sleep. Go to bed. Go to bed. Put your phone down and go to bed. Get eight hours of sleep. Like, Oh, um, right. <laughs> make, make your sleep a priority. And I'll like, start there. <laughs> yes. Like, please start there. Sleep is like, I mean, that's whenever your body is resting and restoring and regenerating all of the energy that you have depleted yourself of from the day. So like sleep, water, all the folks that wake up in the morning and the first thing they put in their mouth is coffee. Hmm. Mm. Called out <laughs> with love, baby child. You need water. Drink a full glass of water. And guess what? Let's talk about water for a second. Alkaline water with electrolytes is the best for you. You are made up of electrolytes, and you need electrolytes to replenish for your body to absorb the water. If you're drinking just tap water out of your faucet. That's great. But there's that point in the day where you feel full and you hear the water moving around inside your belly. That's because your body is not absorbing it because the water doesn't have electrolytes. So like, you know, you're made up of 70% water and then you may hold on to another 10% of water just sitting in your stomach because your body can't absorb it. And so I think that that's another crucial thing like sleep and water and then also 
the relationship with yourself. This theme continues. Like, who are you? Do you know who you are? Do you know what are your triggers for doubt and fear? And then using that awareness throughout your day of, aha, I see you. I experienced that, but I don't receive it. And then letting go and moving on. And I feel like sleep, water, um, and awareness of myself and the things that trigger my fears and my doubts, that allows me the endurance and the uh, ability to persevere through the things that don't make me smile. I, I may be smiling, but oh man, I cry all the time. Like Aww. I think, but tears are so cleansing. Like it literally is an energetic release. And like, I mean, it's, you know, I think that again, going back to like softness as a strength, like the more that I open up and become vulnerable with myself, the more that I may cry, but I embrace those tears. And then whenever I'm happy, that happiness is just as rich as the tears because you can't have light without dark. You can't have joy without sadness. Like we think that this entire ride is supposed to be like positive and joyful. And I will tell you right now, the whole journey of getting to this point has not been all positive and joyful and light and roses. Um, the no's are the easy dark shit to deal with. Um, you know, there's so much more underneath it all. But um, so on that, yeah. do you think that you've had are there things that you had to sacrifice? Um, I mean, like you're obviously spending mm -hmm. a lot of time. That's everything that you are are laying out mm -hmm. is important, but also time consuming. Um, it, it, do you think that other things had to be deprioritized or, or anything like that in order to be able to, you know, keep progressing on that journey? I think that, um, always coming back and looking at your priorities and making sure that what you're doing and where you're spending your time is aligning with those priorities. So this is like a great question. And so like a recent example is I was offering um, ab practices for body um, twice a week, Mondays and Wednesdays at noon. And in the beginning it was great, et cetera. But then I, you know, went back and I just looking at my days and my week and being like, you know what, I think I'm going to have to give one of those up because I need some time for me to be able to practice so that I stay inspired to continue to give to my people. Mm -hmm. And so that's just like one instance where, you know, things work, but it doesn't have to be that way forever and things can change. And so priorities, you want to constantly look at those and shift them around and make sure that everything that you are doing and spending your time on is serving you. Another example, um, I am single. Um, and you know, it's very possible that I haven't made the time that I need to, um, to have the time and space, uh, to be open to receiving a relationship. So, you know, that's, that's actually something that popped into my head whenever you asked that question. And, you know, is that a possibility? Yes. It also could be that I just haven't found the right person, but I think that, what we do fill our days with, um, it does take away from other things. And that's 
why it kind of goes back to you and knowing yourself and knowing what's important to you. And long as you are doing and being with things and experiencing things that you believe in and that resonate with you on a soul level, you will never be disappointed or feel like you're missing out on something else because everything that you're doing, you already believed in. And I think just to pause on that dating thing too, I think um, probably a lot of what you are saying, I guess I won't fill in the blanks for you. Do you think that this journey of like being more comfortable with yourself, setting your own boundaries, really spending time with your own self has helped uh, in this like dating capacity. Um, Cause I mean, I know that you, it's not like you haven't found any, you know, people that you're interested in. Um, It's just that it hasn't really worked out. And and I think part of that is like knowing your own boundaries and like knowing like, no, this isn't like this, this thing here is really important. And like, you can't, you can't meet me here on this or, you know, the situation just isn't serving me and like what I need. Do you think that is true that this is like helped you in your like dating journey? Uh, absolutely. Um, because I know myself, I know what I need. Um, but also because I know myself, I know that now, um, that's the most important relationship. And so now I'm not seeking more from someone to complete me. Mm -hmm. Now I'm moving from a space of, um, thought partnership. Like who can I share time with in a way that, highlights differences that I'm not aware of at this moment and that I can learn something from. Um, so it's, it's definitely has transformed the way that I am in this dating experience and what I'm seeking in the, the dating experience. Um, so yes, great question. And yeah just the way that you like seek or seek relationships in general, I think is so um, important once you have that like realization of self and it's something Mm -hmm. that, um, you know, you going back to like you saying you chose to stop um, doing one ab class a week because you were realizing that you, your cup wasn't full. So the, like that realization of self has been something that, I've been working on too, because as Cody, I think that you're probably similar in like a giver, like you're constantly trying to please and heal others and help others, but you can't do that if you're not doing it for yourself. And that's something that I've been working with on my coach or uh, on with my coach is Mm -hmm. like, why are you trying to do all of this stuff for other people when you're doing nothing for yourself? Like you cannot, her favorite thing to say is you cannot pour from an empty cup. And it is so true and important to realize those things without beating yourself up for it. Cause like two years ago, that's something that I would have considered to be selfish, like taking time for myself or making decisions Mm -hmm. for myself. And 
I, you know, I just would be like, oh, that's like, that's selfish. That's inconsiderate of other people. But in reality, it was just me not wanting to disappoint other people, but instead disappointing myself. So, so now that you're in this place where you have that relationship and prioritization of self, what would you give the, the single guys and gals and, and all of the beautiful beings in between that are out there kind of in that place of, okay, we've kind of prioritized ourselves and, and we're still putting ourselves out there. Um, you know, whenever you start finding someone and building that relationship, what are some things that we should be looking for or things that um, we should see as red flags based off of your experience? Oh, I think red flags, definitely somebody who doesn't respect that and somebody who also views it as you being selfish because they need to realize that that's just you filling your cup, not you intentionally taking time or space away from them. It's actually you creating it so that you can give it to them. But that's a huge red flag for me, like a um, like a jealousy of my time by myself is a huge red flag. Oh, yeah. Time by yourself. So important. So important. Or like just accepting quirks and things that are, um, you know, in the past maybe I've hidden or uh, toned down a little bit because... I was worried about how it was perceived, but like, what's the reality in that then? Like you're setting yourself up for failure. If you're not being honest with yourself, how can you be honest with other people? Or if you're not being honest with other people and hiding those quirks, how can you even be honest with yourself to understand what your quirks are? And just the weight of of balancing all of that all the time. Yeah. For you. Yeah. Yeah, it's just so yeah, that would be my those would be the things that I would like look for in a red and then like red flags would just be somebody who can't accept that or somebody who doesn't value differences. But man, that is like I don't want to gloss over that too cuz I think um I mean the the first thing I thought of is in dating, you know, dating's hard. It's really hard and like you when you really like someone um, it's really easy to make a lot of excuses uh, mm. for their behavior mm. or like when it doesn't quite feel right, but you want it to so bad. And then once you find like you, you know, that will inevitably fizzle out and then you find someone who does feel right. It's so easy to like look back and be like, what oh. the fuck? <laughs> yeah, what a dumbass. But then, but I feel like what you're saying, it's kind of all inter- intertwined, but like it's really, I-, I think, easy to identify now for you to be like, oh yeah, that's what I was doing. But that's a, it, for you to get to like where you are now, it takes so much work, mm-hmm. um, like just with yourself. So I don't want to like gloss over that because that's a big deal. Well, and I think it's similar to like Cody was saying, you know, you can't like he cries all the time. Like I cry all the time, too. But like you wouldn't appreciate the good times if you didn't have the bad times. So even though they Mm -hmm. suck and it's hard to power through them, you wouldn't have good days if those other days didn't exist. Right. Like then a day would just be a day and And it wouldn't be good or bad. And your good days now are 
way better than good days then. Right. Because you're, yeah. And that's the same with relationships. Like the relationships that I seek, um, you know, whether it's romantically or friendship or whatever, like the relationships that I seek in my adult life are so much different than my pre like early adult life. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's just, it's, it's a period of growth. Like, you know, you wouldn't have the good relationships that you have now if you didn't have a shitty relationship at one point. Yeah. I think I, this is completely off topic, but I think that's like, if you, I imagine if I had like met someone in like high school or like really early on and they were like super fantastic and like everything that you want and you never really experienced a bad relationship then it would make you or for me I shouldn't project for me I think it would make me wonder like what else is out there because this is great but like what if there's you don't know mm-hmm. like you don't know how shitty everyone else is it's so funny I feel us like sounding more and more like our parents with every episode but it's like you know, in high school, you're like, I met the love of my life. And they're like, no, you didn't. Like, don't no, that's ex- settle. Don't. That's exactly what I was thinking, though, because it's like it's so easy when you're in like a good, healthy relationship to give good advice to other people about. And I and I think back on, you know, we talked about this in previous episodes where it's like I've been in shitty or I've like, you know, had I've been in shitty like relationships or, you know, whatever you want to call them. And you would just be like, Erica, like, what are you doing? Like, this is obviously like, obviously he doesn't give a shit. Like, let's cut ties. Let's move on. Like, I don't understand. And like, and I was just like, why? I don't understand why you don't get this. Like, (laughs) and, but it's so easy when it's, when you have, uh, experienced something good to be like, yeah, this is obvious. Like, obviously, if you're having a question this, this is not going to be the right the right thing. But until you've had that and you can, like, directly compare that, it's 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 difficult. Dating's hard. <laughs> well, and then you also, like, you get, you, um, you get to a point where you actually have gratitude for all of the hard, dark experiences of, dating and the Mm -hmm. relationships because they teach you what you don't want or what you're not looking for Mm -hmm. and um and then it kind of leads you to the clarity of having more understanding of what you need in a partnership yeah like how do you know what is a priority for you a must-have or a total deal breaker if you've never experienced it yeah. Mm-hmm. And same thing, <laughs> relating this back to the side hustle thing, I think <laughs> <laughs> same thing goes with like a side hustle or with, um, you know, a second job or something that you're putting your extra time into. Like you don't know what's worth putting your extra time into until you find out what's not worth putting your extra time into. Oh my gosh. Dating your side hustle. <laughs> it's C- Cody. See, you're in a relationship. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's why I don't have one with a man. Sorry, fellas. He's I'm off the market. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait. Hang on. Going with this theme, though. Okay. So, good side hustles versus bad side hustles. Like, Ooh. how do you know when it's like a good thing, like, especially, so you can, you can tackle this from like, from your own perspective or from like a third party looking like a friend is like starting something 
I, I don't know. And you're like, at what point is it like, oh, that's not, no, you're, you're doing it all wrong. Like that's bad. Or this is like super cringy and annoying. Um, or is it like, or when is it good? And you're like, yes, I'm going to c- encourage you to keep going forward. So I don't, I have started to practice not using the words like right or wrong because none of it's really right or wrong. It's all an experience. So, but if we look at the experiences that you're having, which ones are you excited to show up for? So like you see those people that are like trying to do something, but they're not happy the entire time that they're doing it. I would say cut the cord on that because it's not filling your cup. Mm. Um, And then, you know, you have the other side hustles that you may not be, and this is like any relationship or career or anything, you're not going to be happy all the time, but there is that underlying um, desire to build and grow in those hardships to get to where you're going because you see the vision, you see Mm -hmm. the dream, you see the X, Y, Z, the one, two, three. Um, And so I I really think that it's how does that work and that hustle make you feel? And are you enjoying that relationship that you have with that hustle? So it really is like dating Um, and there is no right or wrong way to date. You've got to put yourself out there and have those experiences that teach you what you don't want to get closer to what you do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think with side hustles, like, you know, again, with sticking with the theme of not using like the term right or wrong, I guess there's not really a wrong side hustle. Like I respect anybody who has a side hustle because Mm -hmm. it is work and it is going above and beyond like just a standard job. And Mm -hmm. I respect the shit out of any kind of hustle, even if it's not something that like I would personally do. Um, but I have like a hard time personally and I'm like, I'm really working on trying to be less judgmental and less bitchy. (laughs) Um, but like with things that are schemy to me, like I have a hard time with those kinds of side hustles where it's like, sign up, come with me, be on my team. And a lot of those do end up being like, um, MLMs, like mark, uh, multi-level marketing pyramid schemes, they call them. Mm-hmm. Um, I do kind of have a hard time with those. I've done them before personally. So <laughs> I know that um, although I love selling vibrators, um, <laughs> that <laughs> like now I want to go a step above and beyond that. So like Erica and I have tossed around the idea of like, oh, once we're super podcast famous, we're going to have a sex toy line. Like that's the above and beyond thing that like is where I'm at now. So that's interesting because, uh, you know, when I think of MLMs as a whole, I'm like, oh, so you are selling, you know, this essential oil or like hair product or whatever like the the company is and you're like it's when you look at it on like uh like really zoomed out you're like oh so you're telling me that you're really passionate about this you're really passionate about this hair stuff or you were just told that it was like an easy way to make money but then I think about you and selling sex toys and I'm like 
I think you were really like really into it and it was really fun and exciting and like a, a way of empowering uh, women and the, and you just happen to also get a, have a benefit, a monetary benefit from that. Um, and then I also look at it as, you know, I think without that, that experience was a building block for you. And, you know, like when we talk about, um, even like with the podcast stuff, it's like, okay, like how, like, like, let's think about other ways that we can like start marketing ourselves. And it's like, that's something that you're really strong at because you were in a similar position when you were doing the passion parties Mm -hmm. and, um, and it, you know, (laughs) it like really played into like, you know, you've developed a really uh, like nice, um, I don't even know how to say it, but like you can work a room really well and like know how to like, um, I don't know, present information without being too like overtly, like grossly uh, like salesy, you know? <laughs> so I think, and I think Cody has a similar uh, situation, which we've talked about numerous times before, but it's, you know, Cody has a, a bunch of experiences that have all, kind of led perfectly to where he is now in in terms of like he's done like advertising and he's done um like recruiting which and then you know with the spin it all like it those were all aspects that he's now able to incorporate into what he does now so yeah I don't I don't have an ultimate point other than I find that interesting um I feel like what you're touching on Erica is intention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and like what you're taking from situations, what you're pulling. What you're giving and what you're taking. Mm-hmm. The intention behind both. Mm-hmm. I feel that way about influencers too. Like mm-hmm. there are influencers who are genuinely very interesting and cool. And like they're just really out here doing whatever it is that they want to do. And like if you're down for it, then follow along. And but then there's like other people who are like, oh, being an influencer seems easy and they make a shit ton of money. I want to do that. And then they just start posting like, you know, it's like fake until you make it. I'm just going to start posting things like an influencer until, you know, I start getting a following. And I think that is becoming increasingly easier to tell. Like you can just, the vibes, the vibes are uh, noticeable on people who have the, have a good intention or just, genuinely you know putting things out there because it's what they want and what they're passionate about and people who are just trying to shortcut well something else and I always kind of go with the idea of like a, a fake it till you make it a little bit but also like the people who are successful in things like that are the people who are passionate about it but yes, with passion yes. makes it look easy yeah, and I don't mean to say like faking it till you make it is like a bad thing. No, just, no, yeah, I know, but yeah. like there, there is a level of like these people make it look easy because so like I want to mm-hmm. do that too, but it's really not easy. There's just a lot of things that happen behind the scenes that if you're passionate about, don't seem as much like work. Yes, mm-hmm. I feel like that's where like believing in it and like having faith come into play. Mm-hmm. Yes. And and to that end, at what point and I'm curious and you might not want to answer this, but I'm curious if you um actually plan or want to ma- 
to have freedom be your full time oh yeah and how do you know when is the right time like that's such a plunge in and of Mm -hmm. itself right Mm -hmm. so there there is there is no right or wrong time um i think that as freedom continues to grow and evolve i absolutely fall in love more and more um there are the thoughts that cross my mind of you know what what happens when your your deepest passion in life becomes not only your passion but your provider does that relationship change? Mm. Um, and that's something that I think I would have to marinate on um, and really explore because right now I get to do whatever I want with freedom and create everything that I believe in, but that's because it's my passion. Nothing that freedom gives me is something that is um, securing the roof that's over my head. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's where, you know, if freedom becomes that, the thing that keeps the roof over my head, um, do I have to change or does freedom have to change? And and I don't want to, I don't want to make changes to freedom because it becomes a provider. Um because it's it's my passion. So if the opportunity presented itself where it could remain my passion and it could provide everything that I need, oh, absolutely. I, I'm not a fool. That sounds like heaven on earth. <laughs> but um but I think that waiting for that time to present itself is key. We can't rush anything. And so being in the present moment, like y'all are with this podcast and just each episode you're so present for and the experience is rich. That's what builds something. That's what lays the foundation. And if it becomes more, so be it. But no matter what, you won't regret it because you believed in it, because you had faith in it. And because it was a passion and brought you experiences that built you and healed you. That's something that I think um, is so crucial to think about, like with a side hustle is, you know, they say not to mix business and pleasure, right? But what are, what are we doing with a side hustle? We're doing exactly that. We're mixing business and pleasure, but to go into it with the mindset of like, okay, whatever happens, happens. I have a plan B. And then like you said, if the opportunity presents itself, um, and you can maintain this, you can blend the business and pleasure, but also separate at the same time, the business side and the pleasurable side. Yeah, and it, but it's just like, I wonder, it's just so interesting to me because I think about, when I think about, you know, my photography stuff, I'm like, yeah, I think that would be super dope to take that full time one day um, and 
and it's a good sign that I'm like, man, that's going to be a lot of work, but it that doesn't feel discouraging. And I think that's because, and when I, when I zoom out of that and I'm like, why is that? Like, why is it that like when, <laughs> when I'm, things get tough at like my full-time job, I'm like, Ugh, <laughs> I hate this. I, I hate all of this. And, and I think it's because there's no, um, personal investment mm-hmm. in it. You know, I'm there's working no my passion. ass. Yeah, I'm working my ass off to make some other guy really fucking rich. Mm-hmm. And and you know, it's whether that is the top level people at my own company, whether that is the brands that I work for, is like what and for what? Like we eat shit all the time mm-hmm. for nothing. For nothing that is that you will ever not that it's about being known for something, but you know, nothing that your name will ever be attached to, nothing that you ever get to like be proud of and own and say that was all me or like that was my my I don't know. And and I think that is a big a big factor for me. That is not something that I ever would have expected of myself, you know, five, ten years ago. Mm-hmm. But the uh, the side hustle thing, like Cody always having, you know, like so that doesn't feel like work to you to start a photography thing full time when the time is right because that's like where your passion is. It's just important to like Cody was saying, um, like maintain that passion in that area. Mm-hmm. Like you know, when you and I started the podcast, we were like, okay, whatever happens, happens. But above all else, like whether we're spending money to promote ourselves or we're making millions of dollars like above all else our friendship is more important so like if at any time we can pull the plug because our friendship is more important than to have like you know what happened with a a couple other podcasts like people break up because they get famous and like Uh you know it's like the same old story and that's like the same thing with you know Cody's freedom it's like well you don't want to lose sight of why you started and you started free people, free people. Like you started it because of that and you don't want to lose sight of that. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's an important mindset to go into with a side hustle. Felt like I just, I I just talked in circles, but you you get it. (laughs) No, I think you're right. And, but that's also, and and again, to circle back to what Cody's saying, that's the big scary part to me. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Like you take that leap and you're like, how do I, I mean, I'm sure that that, again, comes back to just practice. And also something that Cody said earlier, um, which I try to remind myself of, is like nothing's permanent. Just because you decide to start here uh, doesn't mean that you can't evolve it to something else later. Or, you know, as you grow, your your piece of work should also grow. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, the The more that we can embrace change – uh, the more that we will evolve and our passions will evolve and the trajectory of that passion side hustle or main career will evolve. Um, for me with freedom, like the way that it started, it, the curriculum has completely transformed. And I mean, it's transforming every other week, the way that I'm holding space and the way that I'm using movement and sound and music and all of these things. And, um, you know, but that is serving me and it's, and it's staying true to 
what y'all are both saying, the, the purpose and the passion and what is the priority before anything else and, and holding to that. Mm-hmm. And like, that's like a whole other level of, of intention. Cause imagine being like, you know, you start something in five, 10 years down the road, you're like, Oh, I gotta, gotta remember why I was initially like super, super passionate about this. And it, and it's like, stay present, stay mm-hmm. present in the moment. It has everything that you need. Like, I think that that's so crucial. Um, whenever you know, I, I have mixed feelings whenever people ask, like, what's your five-year plan? Mm-hmm. My five-year plan has never happened. Yeah. Never, because, like, literally two months go by and my life completely changes. And if I spent, you know, time on this five-year plan, it would it just, it doesn't ever happen. We're, we're not in a state, in a world, in a a way of existing and being that we can project in that way. Can we have goals and aspirations? Absolutely. But me saying that I want to be a director in five years, um, a lot can happen in five years. And then guess what? Whenever I reach that five-year mark and I'm not a director, is it like is that just creating disappointment? Yeah. And I think there's also a lot – it creates a lot of anxiety. So mm-hmm. when um, Rob and I were – like when we first met, we were first dating, he – I remember he was like very on that. He was like, so what – like what are your – like what's your goal? Like what do you want to do ultimately? Like what's your – like, where do you want to be in 10 years? And it caused so much anxiety for me because I was like, oh, I don't know. I have no idea. Like, I went to college to be a journalism major, and then I switched to PR because that seemed close enough, and I didn't know. Like, I was just kind of, like, going with it. To see. And then I st- and then I got a job at a social media agency, which, when I went to college, didn't even know was a thing. Mm-hmm. So, like, how am I supposed to know where this path leads when I didn't even know that I could be here in the first place? And, and especially when, you know, you want to find – I think there's a lot of narrative around finding something that you're passionate about you like there's that the classic saying like do something you love and you'll never work a day in your life and it's like even that is like that's so much pressure how do you find what you're that passionate about so much pressure there's okay there's so much like stigma around plans like five-year plans 10-year plans which I think that it works for some people to have like that goal like a goal Mm -hmm. in mind to like work towards and stuff, but we need to stop asking that question. Like, where do you see yourself in five years? Because I like, where did I see myself in five years married? Well, where, where am I now in five years divorced? (laughs) Like, you know, and and I don't want, I think there is so much value in like when you do, when you finally realize what it is that you want, um, I think there's so much value in envisioning and like having those goals and like envisioning what that could be, because I think there is some value in like, if you are sitting here, like I want to be this, um, you, I think subconsciously start seeking out 
those opportunities or like your subconscious recognizes opportunities because you've identified that thing that you want Mm -hmm. eventually. Um, That is a completely different thing than a five-year plan though. Well, yeah. And like that's, that's intention. That's setting intention. And I think that setting intention and setting goals are similar, but they're different because if you, a goal to me has a timeline on it and I don't like that, but an intention is like a daily, Cody, am I speaking your love language right now? You are. (laughs) But it's just a daily practice that like, okay, if you're intending to do this with this in mind, it's not necessarily a goal, but it's just a thing. And then when it it just happens and it doesn't happen on a timeline, but it just kind of happens. It -hmm. becomes a practice. Ooh. (laughs) But that's so it's so funny that we're here because. Um, one of the biggest things uh, for practice at freedom is that every time before practice begins, we set an intention and we kind of meditate on that intention a little bit and let our bodies and our minds and our hearts start to kind of vibrate on that frequency and on that level of the intention. And that intention becomes a part of your movement with your body. And it's, um, I love to say that like, intention is my medicine because we you know it's so it's so glossed over the power Mm -hmm. of our intention so me working a full-time job a lot of people in the world would say like you can't run your own business too on the side even though there are plenty of other people doing it but guess what my intention and the purpose behind freedom, that transcended any doubt that I or others had about me and the possibility of freedom coming to fruition. And look where it is now. Um, Am I making bank on it? No, but that wasn't my intention. My intention was to bring people together that want to heal themselves and give back to help heal others. And that's what it's doing. So I, I think that you know, maybe a five-year plan is the old way and intention and and today is the new way. I love the difference between like an intention and a five-year plan too, because it doesn't, um, there's not a failure option in my opinion. Mm. Like even though you set an intention for the class, like, okay, I'm going to go I'm going to, or not the class, the practice. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to, um, attend a session with Cody. And my intention is going to be to walk away feeling calm or feeling relaxed or feeling like my mind is less busy. So like, even if you hit a portion of that, maybe you didn't go to like where you thought you were, you wanted to, or like, but that's the goal, right? So you've, you end up failing the goal. But if you just intend a little bit and you don't put like a measurement on it, then you succeeded. So there's always success with an intention. Whereas with a goal, there's an option for failure. Yeah. Cause there's always, there's so many ways. Like I feel like a five-year plan is very like prescriptive Mm -hmm. versus an intention. Well, Mm -hmm. and, and so, yes, like, and you know, I think um, we also can like limit ourselves with our intention. And so like I always come to practice to give an intention and I invite people to receive that if it serves them, take what they need, leave what they don't. 
But just on Saturday, the practice that we had, the intention was um, unbecoming your thoughts and stepping into the place of the observer. And that can go into so many areas of your life. And that's just one intention. Like Mm -hmm. you can do this on your mat, but you can also do this in your relationship. Let me step away from my thoughts about my current state of my relationship. And let me step into this place of observation where nothing is right or wrong, but what is going on and what thoughts are taking me away from the present moment and what this needs right now. Mm Mm-hmm. And so it's just, I mean, I, I live and breathe intention and I could go on and on and on about this. I love that. That's, I love it. Cause that's, it just feeds into so many, it's so malleable. <laughs> yes. Yes. And we are so malleable. We put structures and limitations on ourselves whenever we are actually limitless, whenever we are actually just like the stars in the sky, we can go so high and as far as we allow ourselves to, but we put all this structure and we lead ourselves to believe that we're not malleable. But a lot of that comes from a fear of failure. I think that's that's one thing, fear of failure. I think natural selection, the environment that you're raised in mm-hmm. and your upbringing, I mean, there's so many factors. Um, but it, and that's what's so hard is that, you know, some people aren't even given the understanding that intention is a power that they have and that they can practice it and use it. Mm-hmm. That's true. That is so true. I mean, so many things to to start normalizing in 2020, but that's that's up there. I think that that's like touching on all of this and then highlighting the things that you're saying like that's one of the reasons why I I bring intention to the table with freedom in every practice because I I don't think that it's something that people are practicing intention. No, Um, no. And it just, it, um, we're, we're so distracted that we lose the idea, um, and the reality that what we're seeking is actually all inside of us. Like, all the answers are actually inside of us. Like, so like bringing it back to like that little voice, mm-hmm. like Erica, you're talking about photography and how you want to pursue that deep down, you know, that you want to make that full time. So mm-hmm. what? Uh, there's nothing externally that is going to change that answer that you've already received. Now it's just you putting forth the intention of bringing yourself closer to that one day at a time. Yep. And, and have, again, like having that attention, being open to receiving that, uh, those opportunities. (laughs) Yes. There's that deep voice. (laughs) Yeah. That got, that was my soul. I felt that on soul level. (laughs) Oh. Oh, well, on on that note, I think I like that we kind of came like completely full circle mm-hmm. on that uh, on this conversation, like going all the way back 
to the beginning. Um, before we wrap up, Cody, I want to kind of just give you the floor. If there's anything else that you think is really pertinent to this conversation, um, or just any like little add-ons that you that you want to include, uh, or if you want to yeah. leave us with a beautiful intention, yeah, and our listeners mm. with an intention for their day. Ooh. Um, thank you for having <laughs> me. I want to start with gratitude because I think gratitude is so grounding, and you gave me a big um, opportunity, and so I want to ground in gratitude first. Um, what y'all are doing is so beautiful to witness and so fun and full of life and flavor. And um, my palate is full. So thank you for this. And um, I, I'd say let's, let's close out with a little bit of intention. So for everybody that's tuning in, let's, let's close down our eyes and bring our left hand over our heart and find a little bit more comfort in your seat. And allow the jaw to relax, forehead to soften. Allow your eyes to rest behind your eyelids. And I just want you to start to bring your awareness of your inhale. Bring your inhale in through your nose. Feel the coolness of the air as it goes down the back of your throat and up into your chest and you feel that chest rise. And then as you exhale, out the mouth. So as your awareness of the internal becomes heightened, more rich, and the external turns off and rests, I want you to Take a moment to give this place internally gratitude and set the intention to connect with it once a day. This closing down of the eyes, this hand over your heart, feeling your heart beat without your thoughts having to tell it to do so. Feeling your breath calming your nervous system, relaxing you. And receiving the richness and the healing of this space. Once a day, intentionally connecting right here. Go ahead and take a deep breath in. Audible exhale, sigh it out. <sighs> yes, the poochies. All right, this next one, we're going to do it. So this is sound that we talk about. We're going to do something a little different. Deep inhale. Flutter your lips as you exhale. <laughs> Stick out your tongue. Come on, again. One more time. One more time. Deep breath in. And <laughs> yes. my dogs are barking at me. Sorry. They love it because they felt the joy just overflow. Um, thank you so much. I hope that that little moment you felt a little bit more connected with yourself 
And that's, that's the intention that I'll leave everyone with is just take that moment to connect with yourself. Yeah. Always worth it. If you guys enjoyed that, um, Cody, where can they find you and freedom to, uh, take a full, not class session practice practice Damn yes. it. Why can't no I pass or fail well i mean the <laughs> industry's language is so different yeah. so um we're conditioned and that's okay um so yes uh if you want to connect with me personally cody cares and then um freedom to practice on instagram and www.freedom to practice.com we have live practices via zoom and then also an on-demand library. So if you're looking to have flexibility to your practice and you want to do it anywhere, anytime, we've got you covered. So, yeah. Very exciting. And hey. Cody has a new website. And my amazing photographer, Erica Kohler, <gasps> her work is all over the website. So if you haven't <laughs> checked out Shots by Erica on Instagram yet or Shot by Erica it's it's plural or singular it is singular it is singular Singular. Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh just so grateful for the work that you do and the vision that you have brought to life for me and freedom oh I'm just so grateful for both of you um Cody thank you so much for um giving us some of your time today it's always so good to hear your voice I could literally fall asleep to your voice um you are such a good human. I know. I really, I'm, I know I texted you guys this this morning, but I'm super stoked for this episode because just so much, so much goodness. Okay. Um, thank you everyone for, for joining us. Uh, like always, you can find us on Instagram at like honestly pod. Um, and you can, uh, feel free to leave us a review on iTunes and you know, you could also tell a friend, um, any of the above would be wonderful. And take a, a practice with Cody. <laughs> you Yes, absolutely do that. We're just going to keep adding to our laundry list of things that you guys should do after you're listening to these episodes. <laughs> but that one is important. So important. Cool. Anyway, um, until next time, guys. Thanks. Bye.